When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I mean, there are so many different apps and products out there to help you with your money. How in the world are you ever supposed to figure out which one actually works for you? I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking best of the best apps, programs, products, and more to help you totally revolutionize your finances. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So we're starting off with another Ask Shauna question. This one comes from Hillary. And Hillary says, I'm in my late 20s and really trying to figure out ways to financially prepare for the future. Budget the present and pay off the past. I'm right there with you, Hillary. Unfortunately, money management is something that has never been taught to me. And it has been fun and enlightening to listen to your podcast. My question is how to restart after a financial crisis. Last year, I was unexpectedly laid off from my company. I was given no notice, not a penny of severance or in lieu of pay, and it happened right after an expensive vacation I had taken, as well as weeks before the holidays. After being unemployed for six months, I have used all my savings as well as racked up credit card debt. I recently got a new job, yay, and I'm happy to receive a steady paycheck. After a financial crisis such as mine, where do you recommend I start to get back on track? Should I focus on rebuilding my savings or tackling my credit card debt? 
Keep in mind, I am still young and my salary is not high. After paying bills, I don't have a ton of money left over to go with either option. Thank you for your help. Hillary, this is such a great question. I think that no matter what age you are, a lot of us have experienced this, right? We go on a vacation or we buy a new car or I don't know, we have some sort of splurge and then you go into the office and you get laid off. It's happened to a lot of my friends who have had really big salaries in different companies and they were not expecting it at all. In fact, they knew there was layoffs happening, but they thought that, you know, they were immune to them, that this wasn't going to happen to them. And so I think the crazy thing is, you know, no matter your age, no matter your title, no matter where you work, nobody is bulletproof from this. I mean, we we all are um, just sort of, you know, out there on the limb and I think that's why, you know, it's, it's always great to keep bettering your skill set and, you know, to keep making connections. I mean, connections are key. Connections have gotten me absolutely every place that I, that I have been career-wise. They've opened doors for me. I think LinkedIn is one of the very best things. I have connected with so many people that I would have never, ever been able to meet or connect with. And, you know, they've turned into some cool things. Some of them, of course, have turned into absolutely nothing. But I think LinkedIn is a really cool resource. But that is not why you wrote into me. So sorry for that little uh, segue there. But uh, the point is that that sucks. You know, that's a really bad situation to be in, especially not getting any severance or any type of pay to help you out. You know, even when you do get severance, it's really easy to burn through that pay because you're used to living at a certain level of lifestyle. You know, when you when you work, you're used to that paycheck. And so a lot of us, you know, we go out to eat, we, we do fun things, we take vacations, whatever it may be. And it's really hard to put the brakes on when you don't have that regular paycheck and to, you know, basically, uh, you know, pull the reins in and stop yourself from spending like you used to spend. But that's really what you have to do if you're getting severance, even if you're not getting severance, because, you know, um, the money is just not, you don't, you don't know how long it's going to last. And especially if, if like Hillary, you're, you're burning through your savings, you're burning through it at a very quick rate. So, you know, I always go back to when somebody's in that situation, you have to know what your baseline money number is. You know, what is that number that, I absolutely need to have every single month to pay the bills that I absolutely have to pay. None of the extra stuff, none of the fun stuff, just the stuff that you absolutely have to pay. And I think we all should have that number in our head because it helps us figure out a lot of things. It helps us figure out not only when we're in crisis situations like this, but it also helps us figure out when we're trying to negotiate for a pay raise or things like that. We have an idea of the impact that that extra money is going to actually have on our finances. So that's a really important thing to think about if you're in that particular situation ahead of time. Of course, when you're in it, you're just in pure survival mode. It's just purely about trying to keep your head above the water, uh, trying to not get in so much debt that you can't climb out. But sometimes there's no option, you know, like, like Hillary, there's no option. You have to turn to credit card debt. And I think, again, this is another reason why When I talk about credit cards, I talk about things like making sure that you call your credit card company at least once a year. Ask for an interest rate reduction. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast, but do some of these things that position yourself in the best way possible so that when you're in one of these crisis situations, you can just do the best that you can do. And and 
sometimes just racking up debt and borrowing money from friends and family and anyone that you can humanly possibly do until you get a job is the only way to survive in these situations. And that's the reality that not a lot of people talk about. We talk a lot about not being in credit card debt, not having debt. And we have somehow put that up on a pedestal to be the ultimate sign of success, of financial success, of of achievement. And it's just not realistic because I think what it's doing is it's, it's making people feel really terrible about themselves when they are in situations like this and they have to turn to credit card debt. It's, it's not your fault. It happened and you're doing the very best you can. So Obviously, now you have a job, which I'm so super stoked about. That's awesome. I love the steady paycheck. And, uh, you know, it, it seems that it didn't take you too terribly long. I mean, I've known people who have been searching for a year plus to find a job, and they're really at the point where they'll almost take anything, regardless of salary, just to get some sort of income in. But I think that rebuilding your savings is step number one. And you don't have to get all the way back to where you were before this crisis, before the layoff, but having enough of a cash cushion that could provide at least a couple of months, one to two, if you can go for three, great, but just aim for one right now at the moment that can cover all of your expenses, all those, that baseline number that you absolutely have to pay, that's what you're looking to fund in your savings account. And maybe a little extra pad in case your car breaks down or or something happens, you have to travel unexpectedly. Whatever it may be, uh, just to have that savings there is, is a big thing. And I know that paying off the debt is really, really super important. And I understand the stress that it puts on you. I've been in a situation where I had to take on a lot of debt and it doesn't make you feel very good. It makes you feel icky, I think. I just didn't feel... I just felt wrong for some particular reason and it's really ridiculous. So I understand how you feel. But I think once you at least build a month's pad then you can work on paying off the debt. And I always like to do a ratio. So maybe half of any extra money you have goes towards paying off the debt and another half goes to savings. So you've kind of got this equilibrium effect happening. So if something was to happen again to your job or or anything that would come up, you have some of that savings. You know, if we just pay off all the debt and then something happens again and there isn't any savings, then you just have to go right back into debt. So at least some of the savings really helps balance out that for you. There's really not one way to do this. There's really not one right answer. That's just my opinion. That's what I've advised a lot of people over the years is to have some cash. The cash is always going to be your saver. You can never have too much cash, unfortunately. But then when you're thinking about paying off the credit card debt, just make sure that you have a plan of attack when you're paying off the debt. Uh, I, I talked about this on the podcast sometime last year. I haven't, I haven't done a podcast in quite a while on debt payoff, but there's really two strategies when you're attacking your debt. One is that you're going to attack the debt with the lowest balance first. So you're going to pay the minimums on all the other credit cards except for the one with the lowest balance. Any extra cash you have, you're going to drive towards that credit card balance to get that paid off. Once that's paid off, you're going to take that entire payment that you were paying towards that particular debt 
roll it over into your next lowest balance, so on and so forth. That's a great method. The other method is you're going to look for the highest interest rate credit card debt and you're going to attack it the same way, paying any extra money you have towards the highest interest rate. Choose one method. There's not one better than the other. The highest interest rate is certainly going to save you a little bit of cash overall. But the lowest balance method, a lot of times that just keeps people motivated because you're actually seeing your money disappear or you're seeing your debt, I should say, disappear, not your money. We don't want your money to disappear. We want your money to grow, but you get what I'm saying, right? So I think coming up with a balanced strategy after you get a little bit of a cash cushion is going to put you in the best place possible. And then, you know, just do whatever you can to focus on your expenses, to try and keep your expenses low while still having a life and still having some fun. So hopefully, Hillary, that's given you a little bit of guidance. Uh, if anybody else is in this situation as well and you want to write in a question, please do. There is a link in the show notes. I'm happy to answer any question. And again, you can always put your name as anonymous. I certainly don't have to give out your name on the podcast. So, uh, you know, don't worry about that. I just would love to answer your questions. So I just got back from going on a really long road trip and audiobooks from Audible totally saved the trick. Sometimes I find myself just getting tired of listening to music and I really want to be entertained when I drive and learn something new. But I think audiobooks are just great for helping you be a better you. I'm a huge fan of listening to motivational books, like that is totally my jam. It gets me pumped for the day. And so I just finished listening again to The Five Love Languages, a total must listen book if you're in a relationship to figure out what your love language is and then how to work with your partner and their love language. But with Audible, you can listen to more books just by switching seamlessly between all of the different devices that you have and picking up exactly where you left off. So it's great if you're on the go or if you're traveling for work. And Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price. And unused credits, they roll over to the next month. So it's great for your bank account too. And if you didn't like the book, you can just exchange it for a new one with no questions. Don't take my word for it. Check out Audible yourself on your next trip, when you're traveling, or just when you're home and you want to relax. Audible is offering Millennial Money listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash mymoney and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. Go to audible.com slash mymoney or text mymoney to 500-500 to get started today. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. 
Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. 
We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. So the best of the best is what we're talking about. And obviously, if I ran through the best of absolutely every money category, we'd probably be here for hours on the podcast. And I don't think you want to listen to me for hours and hours. So I picked some of my very favorite categories to talk about in this episode. And if there's any other categories where you're thinking, oh, I wonder what she would recommend, uh, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. But of course, we're going to start with one of my very favorite categories, best budgeting app. And there are so many apps on the market. It can be downright confusing. And I did a project recently where I tried all of the budgeting apps for at least a month so that I could really feel comfortable in what I was recommending. I've been working on a super top secret um, new show where I'm going to be talking a lot about budgeting. So I really wanted to make sure that I covered all of these apps and that I felt comfortable with them. And some of them actually were confusing for me. Some of them I found myself just kind of befuddled. I haven't used that word in a while. Befuddled. Befuddled with how they were set up and the information that they would give out to me. And some of them I went through this whole process for a month and I thought, okay, I have not changed anything about my budget. This app has not helped me at all. In fact, it's just kind of wasted my time. So those apps, of course, I, I'm not going to talk about, but my favorite is still after this entire project is you need a budget. And I know I've talked about them a lot on this pod podcast and some people love them. Some people hate them, but it's what works for me. And there's, there's so many others. Like I said, there's mint, there's personal capital, there's good budget. Uh, some even might say that acorns is a type of a budgeting app, although I wouldn't necessarily put it in that particular category. 
But really, you need a budget, mint, personal capital, good budget. There's a couple others kind of out there on the fringe. Those are the, the most popular. And, you know, mint is really kind of the OG, the old, you know, uh, style budgeting app. It's the one that most of us think about when we think about a budgeting app only because of name recognition, right? They've been around forever. They've been bought by Intuit. So they've got a lot of marketing dollars behind them. I'm personally not a huge fan of Mint. Uh, I know that it works for a lot of people and a lot of people really like it. I think it's a bit complicated, but there are some really great features with Mint. There you have bill pay, uh, you can check your credit. So there's a lot of other features that are in that app that are not in, you know, you need a budget or the other traditional budgeting apps. But I will tell you, full disclosure, full disclaimer here, a lot of the apps take at least a month for you to get the feel, for you to get comfortable with the particular app, and for you to actually figure out how to work this thing with your budget. So if you're just starting with a budgeting app, and you're in the first month and you're like throwing your arms in the air and pulling out your hair, just keep at it at least through the first month. And if you still don't like it, then just move on to the next app. There's no shame in that. Uh, most of these apps are free. You need a budget is not free. I understand that there's a lot of pushback on that. I have found it to be one of the most robust apps at really helping me not leave any money on the table. So what I mean by that is at, at the end of the month, it's their concept is that at the end of the month, you basically have $0 left in your budget. Doesn't mean you have $0 in your bank account. It means that you have given every single penny in your bank account a job. So either it's going to pay off debt or it's going to buy groceries or, you know, all those monthly expenses, or it's going towards a goal, maybe saving for a vacation or a new car or a new house, whatever it may be. And I like that concept. I like thinking about money that way, that all of the money that you have in your bank account, it's being used for a purpose. It's not just sitting there. And I think a lot of times what happens is we just let money sit in our bank account and then it dissolves or evaporates or, you know, goes into that mystery place that all extra money seems to go that's left in our bank account. So I like the idea that every penny each month I'm budgeting towards something. I'm either saving, I'm paying off, I'm using it for a bill, I'm putting it towards a goal, whatever it may be. It really helps me stay focused and you know, I use the same system for years that I've used, which is I use an app and I use an Excel spreadsheet. And I know that I'm a bit crazy because I am a certified financial planner. So of course, I think about money all the time, but I'm going to tell you, I'm right there with you. I don't actually like the process of budgeting. I know how important it is. So what I had to do is I had to change the framework in my brain around budgeting. So rather than me thinking about it as this terrible process to go through every month. What I think about now is I have a list of my goals, the things I'm trying to achieve in that particular month. And those goals are where, I guess I would say the roadmap for where my money's going. So I think of my budget differently. Now I think of it literally as just a mechanism to achieve those goals. And that's helped me stay really, really focused. It's also helped me stick in there with apps and stay consistent on the habit because it's not a chore anymore. It's something that is actually empowering me to achieve all those goals. And we're starting to knock out a lot of goals right and left. And I, 
it didn't quite happen for me until I changed the way I was thinking about budgeting. And it's crazy because I talk about this with clients. I've talked about this with clients for like 12 years. So I've been telling people to do it this way and they've been doing it this way and they've been achieving things. But of course, it took me longer to actually figure out that that would probably work on me as well. So just food for thought on that one. So the best points credit card, I get asked this question all the time. There are so many different credit cards out there. I will tell you that if you have a rewards or a points credit card or a hotel credit card or any type of credit card like that, most likely you're going to pay an annual fee. It's really hard to uh, not pay that annual fee, although I have successfully had my annual payment, uh, my annual fee, I should say, on a lot of the credit cards waived just by asking the question. So I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing rather than getting rid of that credit card because If that credit card is providing you with a lot of points, cash back, uh, you're using it towards travel, whatever it may be, then it's actually a benefit to you. But if for some reason you're not using it for those things and you have a lot of credit card debt on that credit card, then it's not working for you. You're not getting the points that you should be getting. It's, It's just not working in your favor. You're probably better off to just have a regular generic credit card. So I always go back to the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. I love this card. I've actually had this card for a few years now. I have tried a lot of the different points credit cards, and this one is my fave. So it was named the best travel credit card by Money Magazine in 2016 and 2017. They haven't come out with their bust of in 2018, but I imagine it's probably still going to be if not the top, very, very close to the top. They just have figured out this reward system with Chase that um, it's just, I haven't found anything like it. So of course you can earn miles with just about every purchase, double miles, blah, blah, blah. You know, all those normal things. I think right now the offer is if you spend $4,000 in four months, I believe, uh, you get 50,000 points, which is really good for, I think, 695 bucks towards travel. So, I mean, it's a big deal, right? Because we can fly to Europe now for like $400, $500. So you have a trip basically to Europe if you're using this card correctly. Uh, there's no foreign transaction fees, which I love. Again, if you travel to Europe, if you go overseas, you always want to make sure you're using the card with no transaction fees, no foreign transaction fees. It's going to make a big difference in the overall amount that you're going to owe after that trip. And I mean, why would you pay extra if you didn't have to? That is just always my motto. I always want to get as much money as I can and I want to pay as little money as humanly possible. That sounds bad. That makes me sound like a total Grinch geezer. And I'm not, but hopefully you understand understand what I'm talking about here. So there is a $95 annual fee with the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. No big deal, again, if you're using it correctly. But a little asterisk mark, Chase Sapphire Preferred card is actually one of the cards where I have gotten the $95 annual fee waived. I've forgotten a few years because it, it just always sneaks up on you. So I started putting reminders in my calendar online. And so it pops up um, about a week before the annual fee is due. So I call then and I literally just say, you know, I've been a customer for years. I love your card, but I do not love the annual fee. I'm really thinking of moving to a different card. Is there anything that can be done? 
And if you're in a good position with a credit card, usually they'll help you out on that. So I'm not going to guarantee you, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but I have had that fee waived more times than not. I have had them say no to me sometimes too. So um, that does happen, but that's okay. Uh, but what I love is Chase has this reward center where you can book flights through their reward center with a 25% reduction. So it actually multiplies your miles in a really, really cool way. Um, I'm just going to say this because I don't think I made this clear at the beginning of the episode. None of these companies are paying me at all to say any of this. This is all personal um, use, uh, stuff that other friends and clients have used that I've grown to love over the years. So I am by no means recommending uh, any of these products to you. I'm not getting paid to be recommending any of these. I'm just saying, hey, they're cool. I like them a lot. So, you know, if you're looking for them, you should check it out. All right, next we're moving to best online checking account. And this category makes me really excited. It made me a little suspicious a few years ago when these online checking accounts started to pop up because I didn't think they were that robust. Um, I'm not I'm not loyal to any bank. I'm not a fan of big banks. I think there are a lot of practices that big banks do that that I don't like. I don't necessarily like feeling like I'm a number at a big bank, even though they have all of my money. And they're probably, no, not probably. They are earning money on my money. <laughs> so, and and they're earning money on your money too, just to let you know. But I, I was really excited when, especially in the last couple of years, a lot of these online checking accounts really started bubbling to the surface and they started to offer really competitive products and services that have made me consider moving my money. Now, I haven't moved my money yet, but I've got my eye on one particular online checking account that I really think is above and beyond the rest. Now, you can't go wrong with Ally Bank. You probably have seen their commercials. You probably heard me talk about the high-yield savings account at Ally. They're a big name. Again, they got a lot of marketing dollars behind them. They have great, great, great products. You cannot go wrong with their high-yield savings, with their checking account, with any of their products. So if you have an Ally account, stick with them if you love them particularly. If you're looking for an online checking account, check them out, you know, see what you think and then make your decision. I always think it's it's best to look at at least a couple of different options so that you really know what you're comparing against and you can make a super educated decision versus just, you know, um, just going with whatever you read an article or whatever I say in the podcast. But I'm a big fan of Aspiration. They're really trying to change banking in a super cool way. And they actually really care about your finances and your financial future. And I don't think it's just blowing smoke. I really think that it's true. It's in their mission. I really think that they're they're trying to make a difference. You know, we had Aspiration on the podcast a couple of months ago. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check out that interview again. But, um, you know, I just really like what they're doing. There are no fees. You shouldn't be paying fees in your checking account. If you are, if you don't know you're paying fees, you really need to check your, your statement each month. I know that, you know, in this kind of digital age, we don't tend to 
check our monthly statements, but you got to check your monthly statement. Just figure out if you're paying fees. If you are paying fees, figure out how you can counteract those fees. What do you need to do to get rid of those fees? Because that is just, I think, the stupidest fee. I cannot believe that banks charge fees to hold your money. It just, it does not make sense to me anymore. And there are so many of these great online banks that are showing you that you don't have to pay a fee. Aspiration, there's no ATM fees, which is a big one. Even if you travel overseas, there is no ATM fees. And so you can go to any ATM and they reimburse you for those ATM fees. And you can earn interest on your checking account. So not just on your savings account. And this is such a cool uh, benefit, I think, to be able to earn interest on your checking account because your money's coming in, it's going out, it's coming in, it's going out. But to be able to earn interest on that, I, I think, you know, it makes a big difference. It's a game changer to me because it's not just thinking about your high yield savings account, but it's also thinking about any extra cash that you can earn in your bank account. And I say this all the time, but even if it's just a few bucks, a few bucks each month, I mean, I take it. I don't know about you. So I really, really like Aspiration. And I have spent a long time checking out these online checking accounts because I am just really determined to move away from the big banking system and to find something that that works. My biggest hang up with a lot of these banks was I get a lot of different checks throughout the month. I'm not just a regular W-2 employee because I run my own business. So, you know, I needed to find a bank where I could mobile deposit those checks and it not be a big deal. And that took a while for a lot of these banks to come around and be able to offer that feature. Okay, so let's move on to the best app to get started investing. Acorns, it's going to be my pick here. Again, I have tried them all for a period of time just to figure out how all of these different investing apps work, uh, which one is better. I had uh, Digit, which was actually more of a savings app before, and then they changed everything and they started charging for it and it just made me mad. So um, I love Acorns. They're really pushing the needle, I think, on originality. They're really trying to come up with lots of different features to help you start saving and start investing that are really, I think, thinking outside of the box. Their fees are low, uh, around uh, 0.25% management fee, and you only need a few bucks to get started. So you can start dipping your toe in investing, especially if it's something where you, you... you haven't started yet, you want to start, but you don't want to commit to a huge amount of money. You can use an app like Acorns to get your feel for how this investing thing works. And the cool thing is they built these portfolios around uh, Harry Markowitz's modern portfolio theory, which literally just means they invest in a totally diversified portfolio with a lot of different asset classes using ETFs, exchange-traded funds. So those are those super low-cost funds so they can keep all of the fees in Acorns really low while you're investing. But they have this other feature called found money, and not a lot of people talk about this, but the way found money works is, let's say you spend money with some of the Acorns partners. They have a big list of the different partners you can shop with. And if you shop through their app uh, and buy whatever with one of these partners, these partners will invest 
back into your account a certain percentage. So when you're out there buying, you know, the the toaster that you need to buy because your old one finally clunked out, you could actually be earning money into your investment portfolio. So it totally changes the game on thinking about investing and thinking about ways that you can put more money into your investment account, especially if you're just starting out investing or you have a lower income. But I really think this goes for anyone because if a company is going to put a percentage of whatever you spend back into your investing account, you just can't go wrong. If they're going to put it into a savings account, whatever somebody's going to put money into, uh, it's it's a good day, right? So I, I like Acorns a lot. There are a lot of other apps out there. You know, try a bunch of them. Find something that feels really comfortable to you and where it's going to keep you motivated to continue investing. I think the problem is, I don't know about you, but Maybe you feel the same way, but I think because there are so many different apps and programs on the market, you know, you load up your phone with all of these different apps and you try them all out for a week. And then I find, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm like, okay, I'm not using that one, not using that one, I'm not using that one. And so there's a lot of unused apps currently, right now, I'm guilty of this on my phone that I probably need to get rid of or do something else with. So I don't know about you, but you know, I think if you can really figure out the money categories that you're trying to be better at and hone in on those, then you're more apt to stay committed with the whole app, managing your money through the app process. All right, so we got two more categories. The best way to think about buying a house, and we recently did an episode on the alternatives to saving for a down payment. Hopefully you checked out that episode if you're thinking about buying a house because there were some really cool ideas that make me really excited about saving for a down payment. And it is thinking about home ownership in a whole different way. And you know, buying a home, saving for a down payment, in a lot of markets, a lot of these cities can be really, really expensive and it can take you a lot of years. And so, you know, some of these alternative ways to save for a down payment are really making things more accessible for you. Uh, Michael from Unison was on the podcast and it's interesting to think about using somebody else's funds to help you fund your down payment. I really like that concept. And just recently I was I was at a conference And one of the experts was talking about home equity and he made a really good point. You know, what is home equity anyway? What is it? We all talk about, okay, the American dream to buy a house and we're going to get this elusive home equity, but what is it? Well, it's not liquid. You can't retire on it unless you sell your house and invest the proceeds and that can totally fluctuate. You know, you could think that you're putting your house on the market for $400,000, but it only ends up selling for $300,000. So it's really, it's, it's not a true asset class. It is, it is at its core, but it's not liquid. It's not like we can say tomorrow we need to get $50,000 of cash out of our house and suddenly we get the cash. So his whole point was just thinking about home equity differently, uh, especially when you're starting out and then especially when you're stopping working. You know, what is that home equity actually doing for us? We all talk about getting in this crazy rat race to pay off our home mortgage, but we're paying it off and sometimes we're delaying other money goals. We're delaying 
investing or we're not putting as much as we could in investing or, you know, we're paying for kids college or I don't know what, whatever else you're trying to achieve financially. And, you know, is that a good thing? Is that not a good thing? It's a really interesting discussion, but I, I think there's going to be a revolution in how we buy houses and how we sell them. And I think changing up the old model of buying and paying off and then staying put, it's really exciting. It's going to be really interesting, but it's worth looking into to see if something is a fit for you. Unison, we had a couple other companies on that podcast episode. It's really worth thinking about buying a house in a different way than your parents did, certainly than your grandparents did. And, you know, leverage, really, it's the core principle to personal finance, leverage. When you're buying a car, when you're buying a house, when you're even using a credit card, you're leveraging somebody else's cash to purchase things. You're going to pay it off, of course, over time. But leverage is a really powerful principle when it comes to personal finance. And I'm going to tell you, you know, Bill Gates, he didn't get where he is now using only his money. He leveraged other people's money to grow his company. Same thing with Facebook. You can take any big company and they leverage other people's money to grow. And so thinking about your finances in the same way is a really interesting mind shift, I think, that happens. Thinking about the concept of a leverage and also applying it to something like buying a house that traditionally we thought it was just one way. You save 20%, you put 20% down, you lived in the house, you paid it off, and then suddenly you have this equity. So I think it's it's a really interesting uh, conversation. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it or if you're thinking about buying a house. Okay, our last category is the best way to reduce your credit card debt. Now, this is, of course, a little bit different than an app or program, but I thought this was a really cool uh, kind of last tip to end with. Obviously, you got to pay it off and you hope you don't get back into debt, but some things happen and, you know, there might even be things you're not prepared for and you have to go back into debt. But I thought this was really interesting. Creditcards.com came out with a new report on ways to get out of debt. I want to read you some of the things from their report. So 60% of major credit card holders have requested at least one of these more favorable terms, and 89% of them received a favorable response to at least one of the items they requested. So the point is asking the credit card company to increase your credit limit asking them to lower your interest rate, asking them to waive your annual fee, asking them to waive your late fee. All of these questions are being received very favorably by the credit card company. But the problem is, is that most people aren't asking the questions. And so when we think about credit card debt, when we think about reducing our credit card debt, when we go back to Hillary's question, and I was talking about positioning your credit cards the best way possible, These are the things I'm talking about, all right? Another uh, statistic that they found is not enough people are asking these questions. However, a higher credit limit is the most popular request, 43% of card holders, and yet annual fee waiver is the rarest, 18% of card holders. So what I want you to do is I want you to figure out which of your credit cards has an annual fee, and I want you to figure out when that annual fee gets charged to your credit card. I want you to make a note, put it in your phone, put it in your calendar, and I want you to call at least a week ahead of time and ask the question, ask for the fee to be waived. That's like a hundred bucks on most cards. 
And if you got four or five different cards, you know, that's a fair amount of money right there that you can save. And I'm sure that you can put four or $500 towards a way better purpose than just paying the stupid annual fee. So another uh, statistic, overall men had a 91% success rate versus 86% for women. I think that's true because I think women, we tend to be more hesitant when it comes to asking for things like this. But I'm going to encourage you girls, just go for it because you can have the exact same results as any man. You don't have to be a complete a-hole either. You can just be a very nice person. And if you get a very nice person on the other end, they're really going to try and keep you as a satisfied customer. Also, they found that the likelihood of being approved for a fee waiver, a higher credit limit, or a lower interest rate increases with education and income. I found this interesting. Still, the success rate was a healthy 87% for those with no more than a high school education and 84% among cardholders with an annual household income under 40000 The most common reason people haven't asked for a lower credit card fee is... I don't know, I could ask for this, followed by, I didn't think I could be successful. Really interesting findings. If you're trying to reduce your credit card debt, you have got to pull every every imaginable unfair advantage for yourself. You've got to get your interest rate as low as possible. You've got to get those annual fees waived. If you can get a higher credit limit, it sounds counterintuitive. What you have to focus on is not using that extra credit limit, but what that's going to help and help you is it's going to help you increase the ratio between used credit and available credit, which can usually help bump your credit score up. So ask, ask for a reduction that can make a difference in the time it takes you to pay off the debt. Or more importantly, get your credit card positioned properly so that if you have an emergency, if you get laid off, if you have to turn to your credit card, you've got the best possible terms that you could ever humanly possible get. And that was a really long sentence, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about here. It's just getting yourself positioned the right way so that when you do have to turn to credit card debt, it's not as big of a deal as it could be. And I think the important thing from the study is just ask the question. So many people say to me, well, they're scared, they're nervous to ask the question. Ask the question. You're, you're never going to talk to that person again in your life ever. I can guarantee you that. And B, what happens if they say yes? Like, isn't that the coolest thing? If they say no, what's the worst, what's the worst thing that happens? They say no, it's not a big deal, right? But if you're trying to reduce your credit card debt, again, you've got to pull absolutely every unfair advantage humanly possible that you can. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. If you want to check out the links to some of these products, apps, programs, etc. that I mentioned, I'm going to have all of that in the show notes. So head on over to there. If you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it on social media, make all your friends subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't asked Shauna a question, hit the link in the show notes as well. Send me over your question and I would love to answer it. 